0: All right, grab your Bibles, open them up to Romans chapter 11. We're going to be reading out of that chapter in just a moment. If you did not bring your Bible, open up the church app. There's a Bible in there that you can use and follow along with. My sermon notes are also in there, and uh, you can follow along with me there as well. We're in the middle of a series right now called The Relentless Remnant. The Relentless Remnant. A remnant is a small piece of a whole. And so what that scripture means is there are 7 billion people here on the planet. 7 billion. And if you take all those 7 billion to find out how many people still love the Lord. They're faithful to the Lord. They pursue the Lord. Jesus is important to them. How many are still passionate about the things of God? And when you step back and you find out what that number is, that's the remnant. It's a small piece of the whole. Let me share this scripture. It's in Romans chapter 11, verse number 5. It reads like this. So too at the present time. Everybody say present time. Real loud. One, two, three. Oh, you sound good. At the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. It means right now, there are still believers that believe in the things of God. And uh, I just want to let you know that if you love Jesus with your whole heart, you're a part of that remnant. But the Bible speaks about how people drift from the faith, how their faith can oftentimes be shipwrecked. And in order to hang on to your faith, in order to remain as a part of this remnant, um, you've got to be able to handle hardships with the Lord. Uh, A lot of times when we go through tough seasons, the first thing we stop doing is praying. The first thing we stop doing is going to church. Uh, It's the first thing we stop doing. And and whereas it should be the complete opposite. Nobody's able to go to church 52 Sundays out of the year. But let me just be your pastor for a moment. If you're going to miss church, miss church when you're doing great. Don't miss church when things are rough. Because that's when you need to hear a pastor encourage you. That's when you need to be in the family. That's when you need to be in an environment like this. When you feel like you can moonwalk on water, those are the weekends that you can miss church. All right? But when you're going through a rough patch, come to the house of the Lord. Um, We don't like sharing hardships. We like to share highlights, um, not hardships. And uh, my wife and I are always laughing because uh, Facebook is so interesting to us. Uh, because we feel like people only show their highlights but not their hardships. And we're guilty of it too. I'll give you a few examples. This is a, a picture of, of Kate, our youngest, um, getting ready for school. Now there's several things happening in this picture. Number one, you'll notice that we have peas. We have strawberries and we have chicken noodle soup. We are trying anything in the world to get food in her mouth. But this is a tradition. She is just a little tiger in the morning. Um, She never wants her hair done. She's screaming. I had to take a picture of it because it was so funny. But is this the picture that we put on Facebook? No. This is not. What we put on Facebook is this. (laughs) We want everyone to see how beautiful and how precious our little girl is. Look how precious she is playing in the garden. Are you with me? We show our our highlights and hide our hardships. Here's another picture. This is her on, on her birthday. Now, we did everything we could on that day. We got her favorite Peppa Pig. We got the hat. We got the plates. We invited everybody over the house. There was nothing we could do to make her happy. It was her birthday. Couldn't believe it. Screaming all the time. You want cake? Yes. Here's your cake. I don't want that kind of cake. "What, what, What do you want us to do? But do we put this on Facebook? No. We put this one on Facebook. Yeah, we want everybody to see how precious our girl is, but we don't want you to see her acting like a little varmint. We're going to hide that. Let me just kind of uh, encourage you, if you like to look at Facebook, don't compare your worst with other people's best. People are only putting their best out there. And sometimes you can be sitting there in your living room and you're wearing a muumuu with a hole in it and, and you, you look at somebody's best and you compare their best moment with your worst moment. Uh, trust me, they're hiding their worst moment. They're not putting everything on Facebook. Someone say, that's good preaching, pastor. Come on. They're hiding. Some of these families and some of these people, you're like, your life isn't that good. I know you. I know you. Your life is not that good. See, it's interesting because everybody is either a turtle or a skunk. Um, Skunks blow up and turtles clam up. So all of you, all of us, we're a turtle or a skunk. When hardship comes, you either blow up or you clam up. So look at the person next to you and say, are you a turtle or a skunk? (laughs) There you go. Ask around. Are you a turtle or a skunk? You know what's so interesting is the person next to you already knows if you're a turtle or a skunk. (laughs) It was really interesting that I've learned is turtles marry skunks, and skunks marry turtles. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? But how we respond in hardship is so incredibly important. In the book of Ruth, we meet a young lady who lost her husband. Her husband passed away. In the very same season, her mother-in-law lost her husband. And her mother-in-law was named Naomi. So Naomi lost her husband and her son. She actually lost her second son as well. But I'm just concentrating on just Ruth today. So Naomi lost her husband. And then she lost her son. Ruth lost her husband. Now you got two ladies going through an incredibly difficult season. It does not get any worse Than this. And so um, we're going to look at Ruth because a lot of times when we hit rough patches, um, we're not quite as effective in anything as we are when we're not in a rough patch. But Ruth was effective during a hardship. She did three things that we're going to talk about today. Number one is she listened, number two, she leaned. And number three, she believed. So let's talk about that. She listened, she leaned, and she believed. She listened, she leaned, and she believed. This is what she listened. Uh, she went to Naomi, and, and Naomi told her uh, in the second chapter of Ruth, you need to find us some food. Uh, we, we can't get food on our own. We don't own any land on our own, but we need some food. And she says, don't just go into anybody's field. That's dangerous. Especially if they were anything like the local Texan. You walk up in someone's field in Texas and you're going to hear a ch ch uh, She goes, that's dangerous. What, what I want you to do is I want you to go to that field right over there. His name is Boaz. And, and Boaz is a kind man. He'll take care of you. And in that chapter, of no, chapter number two of Ruth... She was very specific with Ruth. I want you to stay this far back. And I want you to hang out with these people while you're in his field. See, when you're in a rough patch, oftentimes you want to just disconnect from everybody. But everybody needs somebody to call and just to talk to them. You know, uh, I learned a long time ago that all of us, we need an upline, a downline, and a sideline we need somebody that we glean from somebody mentoring us we need a downline somebody that we're investing into and we also need a sideline people to just cheer us on we need an upline a downline and a sideline well Ruth she had her upline and she was listening you see the years will teach what the days will never know And if you can find somebody in your life that you can glean from, you have found a jewel, you have found gold. You know, it's interesting, uh, a lady's role in today's world is so um, maternal, whether you have kids or you don't have kids, which this is a good time to press pause if you are a mother, would you just stand up on your feet for me, please? All moms, there you go. Let's give them a big round of applause. Come on, give it to them. Absolutely. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, but, but women are, uh, there's, they, there's something in their DNA uh, that is maternal, and I say it's in their DNA because if you look at little girls that are two years old, three years old, four years old, they're, they're playing Ken and Barbie and they got babies um, and, and they feed them, you know, like Kate is three years old, our, our daughter Kate, she's three, she just got potty trained like four days ago, which is so huge in our world, oh my goodness, I know what you're thinking. She should have been trained, body trained a long time ago. We know. <laughs> uh, but she's changing the diapers of these little babies that she has. It's just maternal. And, and it's just in a woman to do that. And the Bible says this about, about women um, in this particular context. In Titus chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Similarly, similarly, <laughs> how do you say that word? One, two, three. There we go. Okay, I'm saying it right. I speak for a living. <laughs> teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children. Now, I know what some of you ladies are thinking... Who said I'm older? (laughs) Well, all ladies are older. I'll, I'll give you an example. Right now in our children's ministry, we have middle school girls and high school girls as teacher assistants over children in nursery and children in first, second, and third grade. Those kids are older, so they're investing into that next generation down. All of you have somebody that you need to have a downline with. Somebody that you've identified and said, I'm going to pour into you. See, I have a birth mom. Her name is Arlie. But I have a spiritual mom who's somebody different. Her name is Jeannie. When I met Jeannie when I was 18 years old, Jeannie just said, I am going to make sure that you get to heaven. And at that time in my life, I was not going in the direction of heaven at all. And she said, I am going to make sure that you get to heaven. And she just invested into me. That is a spiritual mom. Ladies in the room, I just want to say uh, throughout the week, you've got to be praying who do you want me to be a spiritual mother to? Who do you want me to be a spiritual mother to? But the men in the room, I'm not going to let you guys off the hook. Uh, watch this. It reads like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 15. Even if you had 10,000 guardians, in some versions of the Bible it says teachers, in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For if Christ uh, Christ Jesus, uh, for in Christ Jesus I became your father through the gospel. Gentlemen, we have a responsibility to father people in the Lord. We have that responsibility. You know, um, I, I've, uh, I've, I've noticed that, um, that people who go on diets who need to lose weight, if they get a friend to go on a diet with them, even though they haven't reached their goal weight, they'll be more consistent if they have somebody to walk the journey with. Um, there, there are... Uh, men in this room that i want to encourage to grab somebody and walk the journey with them even if you are not where you want to be spiritually there's something freeing when one man looks at another man and says what paul says look not that i have attained this i haven't reached this yet but what I do do is I forget what is behind me and I strive towards the future. Man, if we can look at somebody and say, look, I'm not perfect. I haven't reached this yet either. But what I do do is I forget what happened yesterday and I keep on pursuing God. Men, let's not make the mistake of becoming all consumed with work and never take a moment to say, who have I invited to church? Let's not make that mistake. Let's not ever make that mistake. If there is nobody, ladies and men now, that you have not invited to church lately or adopted, pray for it. Say, I, I want to be a father or be a mother to someone. And obviously that's going to look different for everybody because everybody has A certain amount of time available that's very different from the next person. But it'll be unique to you. So that's what she did. She listened to Naomi. But then number three is that she leaned. Um, She listened to Naomi, but she leaned on God. She leaned on him. She's in the field working. She doesn't belong in that field. That is not her field. And she's only in that field because Naomi told her to be in that field. Naomi said, we don't have any food. Go in that field and see if you can get some food out of that field and bring it back. She doesn't know what Boaz is going to be like. Boaz spotted her and said, look, I don't know who she is, but I want you to make sure that some food is left behind for her. See, we're going to hit seasons where if something good is going to happen, it is only because God arranged for it to happen. That he came and he caused a heart to be soft to us. You're going to walk into seasons where you need certain people to like you. If you're in sales, you need to close the deal. If you need a new job, you need that person to like you in the interview and hire you. And this is exactly the situation that Ruth found herself in. She needed God to do something special. She was leaning hard on God. You know, I I heard a a story uh, recently uh, about this old country church. And um, the pastor as soon as he got done preaching every Sunday, he would always look out into the crowd and say, "Um, does anyone here want to close us out in prayer? And if nobody raised their hand, he would pick somebody. And uh, oftentimes he would pick this one guy who always had a, a great prayer and would cover all the categories that you would think he would cover. And so the pastor called out this gentleman and A gentleman stood up and he just prayed everything you would think you would pray. Dear God, keep us safe, keep us healthy, Um, you know, let us be prosperous. But he'd always end his prayer with this same statement. He'd say, and oh God, just really, oh God, prop us up on our leaning side. In Jesus' name, amen. A few weeks later, the pastor called him out again, and sure enough, right at the end, and oh God, prop us up on our leaning side. And then again, and oh God, prop us up on our leaning side. Finally, the preacher couldn't take it anymore. Have you ever been in a church where somebody's saying something and you have no idea what they're talking about, so you just nod. Not this church, like, like other churches. Well, the pastor just couldn't take it anymore and walked out into the lobby and he said, Sir, I got to ask. You know, you always pray great prayers, but you always end with this, prop us up on our leaning side. What, what does that even mean? And the guy said, well, preacher, there's this old barn in my backyard. It's an old barn. It's it's been there for a long time. He says, "Uh, you know, it's been through some storms. It's been through hail. It's been through rain. And uh, it's been through a lot of tough seasons. He goes, I got to looking at that barn and I noticed that it was leaning to one side. And I looked at it and I thought, man, it's been through a lot. That side's tired. I think I'm going to go over there and prop it up on its leaning side. While I was propping it up, it dawned on me that this barn and I have that in common. I've been through some really tough seasons. I've been through some really tough storms. And and I've got a side that I lean on. and, And when I get tired... I got to tell you, preacher, my mouth ain't no prayer book. So I start saying things that I shouldn't say. I start doing things I shouldn't do. I get tired. I get weary. And I know I shouldn't do them, but it's just my leaning side. You know, I got a strong side, but I got a leaning side. And it's just been through a lot. So whenever I pray, I, I always think about that old barn. And then I start thinking about the fact that I got a leaning side too and so I say oh god would you prop me up on my leaning side. You know there's a scripture in Song of Solomon it reads like this who is this coming from the wilderness leaning on her beloved. It's a wo- it's a picture of a woman coming out of a wilderness and she's tired. I've never walked through the desert before. I have no idea what that would be like. But I do know what it would, I could imagine that this woman is probably tired. She's probably thirsty. She's probably weary. And she's leaning. Half of her is probably strong, but this side she's just leaning. And, and it's saying that she's leaning on her beloved for strength. And the entire book of Song of Solomon. Is all a type and shadow of the church and God. And what that scripture is saying is, hey, even though you believe in God, even though you're a Christian, you're going to go through some wilderness seasons, some hardship, and and when that happens, I want you to go ahead and lean on God. I want you to go ahead and tell Him, hey, I'm not strong enough to get through this season without you. The needs that I have, I can't make them happen without you. I'm going to have to lean on you. I'm going to need you to prop me up on my leaning side. It, that whole scripture is to say, hey, some of us in the room, there's, there's things that we're just weak at. You know, I just want to let you know, anytime you feel like you're just this horrible sinner because you have some weaknesses That's the enemy talking to you. That's not Jesus talking to you. Because Jesus knows that there's a difference between wickedness and weakness. And whenever you're weak in a particular area, and you always seem to stumble in a particular area, you're strong in these areas, but you stumble in these areas, you just look at the Lord and you say, I need you to prop me up on my my leaning side. I, I need you to prop me up. I need you to to open up some doors of opportunity for me. I need some new relationships in my life, relationships that can actually move me forward. Um, I need need some help. my, My faith is weak right now. It's hard for me to believe in you right now. I need you to prop me up on my leaning side. Does anyone here need God to prop you up on your leaning side? I know I do. And this was, this was Ruth. So she's going through this hardship. She loves the Lord. She's doing two things so far that we've discussed. She's listening. She's listening to somebody that is her upline. And then she's also leaning. And then number three is that she's choosing to believe. You know, there's that moment where all of us have to decide... What are you going to trust? Because let me just share this with you. Everything depends on who you depend on. Everything depends on who you depend on. And I just want to tell everyone here that you're doing better than what you think you're doing. You're doing better. The enemy wants you to think that you're, uh, you're tired, and, and, and I, sometimes we are. But the enemy wants you to think you're not doing a good job. But I just want you to know that you're always doing better than what you think you are. Now, if there's any prideful people here, let me just share with you, you're never doing as good as you think you're doing either. <laughs> so, you're never as bad as you think you are, but you're never as good as you think you are either. You're somewhere right in the middle, and you're exactly where God wants you to be. And He's right next to you, and He's before you at the same time. He's paving the way before you, and your circumstances are being handled by God. He is is the great conductor of your life, and He is making sure that everything is moving at its proper tempo. To encourage you with this thought, I'd like for you to take a look at the screens. I'm a perfectionist and so that's hard with kids. Uh, There's definitely days when I have my doubts about my abilities. Struggle with my temper. I struggle with like how I react with situations. (laughs) I wish I knew how to, I guess, just calm myself before speaking to them. I wish I was better at taking time to sit down and just listen more to my child. I wish I was more confident in being a mom. I'm not the most patient person in the world. Patience. Patience is, far and away, probably the biggest struggle. I just want them to know just how much I love them. <sighs> My mom is. T- Totally awesome. She's fun to snuggle with. Pretty, funny. She does cook a lot of food for me. She's just unique. That's why I love her so much. We go on dates together. Like, we go shopping. She loves me a lot. I have a lot of favorite things about my mom. We like to watch movies together and color and stuff we go to church together we volunteer together she is like my heart I guess you could say cuz she's that close to me my favorite thing is to jump on a trampoline with my mom that's my most favorite thing to go up high we like get ice cream or something and like you go to the nail salon and have fun (laughs) my mommy's my hero she's pretty and beautiful she is my hero. She just will care about me and just always love me forever. She's the best. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> I always seem to focus mostly on the negative, And I guess I can walk out of here and say that I'm doing something great and that my child is viewing me in totally different lenses as I view myself. So, that's that's inspiring. This is my calling. This is my job. This is what I love to do, and I will do it better and with love each and every day because those kids count on me, and they love me for what I'm doing. I want everybody to stand up on your feet for me, please. I'd like our prayer partners all throughout the building to come down. Would everyone here just bow your head and close your eyes where where you are? Let me ask you a question. If your heart were to stop beating in the next five minutes, are you 100% sure you know where you'd spend eternity? If the answer is no, but you want to straighten that out right here, right now, nobody looking around, would you just raise your hand right where you are? Nobody looking around. See, hands are going up all over the room right now. All over the room. As an outward sign of surrender, can we all just raise both hands? And let's raise our voice and say this simple prayer. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. Would you please forgive me? I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The reason why I asked our prayer partners to come down is um, many of you are in the same season of life that my wife and I are in. We've got a few things that are going awesome then we've got a few challenges that we're ready to be, we're ready for those challenges just to be gone. Have you ever been in a season where it's like, can I just have a new problem? (laughs) Have you ever been there? I just want a new problem, man. Just give me something else to think about. Um, The Bible says in Psalms 56, 9, every time you pray, the tide of the battle shifts so before you go home today, why don't you come out of your seat, take the hand of a prayer partner, let them pray with you. Let's shift the tide of that battle before you leave. No official dismissal. You can leave whenever you get ready, but let me pray a blessing over you. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine down upon you. May his countenance be lifted up on you and deliver you. May the grace and peace of God be with you all the days of your life.